Hey, Jay. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm I'm living the dream, living the absolute dream. Now, so so this is a very exciting episode uh, because we've never had this happen before. We have two guests. Wow. Which is which is love. Really, I mean, we've never had two at the same time. We, I recall an episode with Mr. Bradford and Mr. Dykstra uh, in Seattle. That is true. That is on true. Very so Jimmy Dykstra, sleep. Jimmy Dykstra, your friend and mine is back. But also, we have a brand new guest. Uh, Christine Wagner is joining us from Florida today. Yes, Naples, Florida. Yeah. I am in my grandma's house. If you couldn't tell from oh, the nice. the beach decor behind me, <laughs> there's a real yeah, there's I think a real Jimmy strong. Jimmy is also in his grandma's house based on the decor. <laughs> Don't you dare insult Janet's de- decorating like that. All right. Uh, so brand new guest means we get to uh, to do. Um, Jay's favorite thing, rapid fire questions. Not, We're actually going to try to rapid fire these I was questions. Say, so Tyler has promised me that these will actually be rapid and I don't believe him. So I am going to buzz. Uh, I'll find some way to make noise anytime Tyler takes us <laughs> off topic. I took a rapid test this week. <laughs> so I know what a rapid fire now I, I I believe will happen five and a half seconds into our proceedings that, that we will be off topic. Oh, that will go long. I yeah. think Enneagram, I think the first two can go a little bit long, but then every other one should be just like answer, answer, uh-huh, answer. Uh-huh. I'll, be, say, I'll so. be swift. I'll be swift. <laughs> hey. Ooh. Hey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's hey, a professional. Hey, hey, hey. How about that? <laughs> All right, Christine, what is it that you do? Where are you from? Who are you? Oh, my gosh. So many questions. Rapid fire. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'll say no. I um, I work in live events. So so in high school, I realized that I am much better served behind the scenes. Uh, And so I I did tech and other like uh, backstage management stuff. And then. Um, so I've I've I freelance. So I've done a lot of different things. I've currently the last few years have worked um, for film festivals, so like on the production and coordinating side. Um, but I've worked in theater, uh, at a music venue, in opera, um, and I worked last year actually for five months at vaccine sites at like uh, big <laughs> super sites uh, in in the LA area. So all sorts of different things. What is your Enneagram number? Two. What does that mean to you? Um, yeah, I took the test a few times, kind of getting different results. And then I sat down with a friend and we kind of like read through things and talked things through. And I felt the most attacked by two. So I knew that was correct. Um, and she told me that. She's like, do you feel attacked? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's probably right. Um, so I very much, um, I like I like helping people. I like being there for people. I'm I am not good at asking for help, um, so I've been trying to do better at that. And I, I try and make sure that my intentions are good um, because twos can can do things for attention or do things uh, for, to to get uh, praise. So I, I try and make sure that I don't do that. But um, yeah, I like I like doing things for other people. <laughs> That's a very helpful answer. So thank you. <laughs> uh, what is your Myers Briggs collection of letters? Ooh, I don't. No, and don't care. <laughs> great answer. Yeah. So sorry. That is a great answer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, most important question, and we may need to linger on this one. What is your Hogwarts house? Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's. My I'm people. a. Pr- I'm a very proud Hufflepuff. I get so much shade, and I. I'm a firm believer in because people will say like, "Well, the test told me this," or "The test told me this," and I'm like, "The test can tell you whatever you want, but it's what is in your heart is what matters." Uh, when I was sorted in Pottermore, which is probably the most accurate, I was given Hufflepuff. But I, I feel like it very much fits me. I'm hardworking. I'm loyal. And and they're a great house. Like, everyone, like, they're, you know, uh, 
the, the, the they're made fun of the most in the books. Um, but I think they were after Gryffindor, they were the most people who stayed behind and fought the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, they their uh, common room is near the kitchen, so you can like sneak in and get some snacks. Nice. Yeah, you know <laughs> these are the most important things. This is like the advanced analytics of like Hogwarts house. It's like got oh, yeah. she got yeah. the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, screw you, Myers Briggs. Yeah. You got a better one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Christine, what's a concert you wish you could travel back in time to see happen live? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to say um, Carol King and James Taylor at the Troubadour in 1970. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's very, very specific. Very specific. Great. Yeah. Right off the top of your head. It's a great pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't have time to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But any any old Carol King though, I think, um, or or young Carol King, I guess, like back in the seventies would be great. I like a club. What uh, who? What's your favorite superhero? Who's your favorite superhero? Um, I don't really have a typical favorite like superhero that's well known or anything, but I really like the show The Boys. So I'm gonna say Starlight is my favorite superhero. Nice. <laughs> excellent. That is an excellent, disgusting show. Oh, it's so disgusting, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's amazing. So much brutal stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, superheroes taken seriously uh, because I think it, it's really compelling, and the boys does that really well mm-hmm. uh, in a disturbing way. Like they'd be megalomaniac sociopaths, and that's pretty much what the boys is about. Yeah, yeah. Favorite uh, Saturday Night Live cast member? Oh, um, Kate McKinnon probably. I love her. I think she's mm. hysterical in everything she does. I just love like anything she's in, even if it's kind of like a bad movie, I will still enjoy watching her performance because you could tell she's just doing her own thing at all times. What is a band or musical liking that you inherited from your parents? Oh, that's hard too. Um, Oh, you know, I really, because like my dad actually, my mom didn't listen to music much um, growing up. He was always my dad and he had like pretty good taste in music. Um... He, I, and I'm so I'm trying to think of like what I actually like from what he used to play. I really like the Beach Boys. Like he got me really into the Beach Boys when I was young, um, and and I they still rock. So what is your favorite Bible story or character? I don't know if I have a favorite Bible story or character. I'm really going off book for all these. Um, but my also <laughs> can I say my favorite book of the Bible? I, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I. I love Ecclesiastes. I love uh, how emo it is. I discovered it in college, and I just, like, think about it all the time. I go back to it all the time. So I feel like that, to me, I relate so much more to that than, like, a specific story. And this is why we're on the Taylor Swift pod, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ecclesiastes is a fan favorite of the Roughing the Pastor podcast. It comes up quite a lot. Oh, see? There we go. I love that the Bible makes space for a book that just says the whole thing is pointless. Saying everything, what are we even doing here? Yeah, everything sucks. We're all going to die. Yeah. Let's just deal with it. Yeah. Give me the eyeliner. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first app you open? It's 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 Instagram. I'm it's it's embarrassing, but it's true. I have sort of my like routine of like yeah, first thing in the morning. I usually check the weather too. That's kind of boring though. Um so yeah, it's got to be Instagram and then I kind of go through other things, but uh I recently got into TikTok thanks to uh somebody. So I also that's also in my my routine. But Instagram is usually first. What is the last movie that you watched? Hunt for the Wilder People, the Taika Waititi movie. It was so good. I watched it on the plane on the way here. Amazing. What's the last one you watched in theaters? Uh, West Side Story. I saw the new West Side Story. Nice. So yeah. good. It was. Oh, yeah, it was really good. That was amazing. <laughs> What's the last book you finished? Uh, Devil in the White City. 
It took me like two years to read. It was really long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was good. It was uh, just a little dull. Yeah, I like that. I love uh, World's Fair stuff, um, so it was it was good. What would you want your last meal to be? Like your perfect kind of. I'm going out. Uh, this is the meal. Yeah, that's it's funny because I feel like some people answer like, "Oh, I want this really like decadent, really delicious stuff." I feel like you know when you eat a meal that's so big and heavy, you just like want to die. Like I think that's what I I want to go out on like something good, but also like not good for you so then you're like yep i'm ready um and i love so like the meal would be the cause of death (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) yeah i used to say a chipotle burrito bowl um but i feel like also anything like i love buffalo chicken so like anything buffalo flavor like if it's like a buffalo chicken sandwich tons of wings tons of like just a huge massive order from buffalo wild wings or something and they're like really spicy too. Por que no los dos? Just put buffalo chicken on a Chipotle burrito bowl, you know? Right, yeah. And that <gasps> will kill you. That, that will be absolutely really good. Now kill you're you. Onto That's something. the solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we have four people on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're I'm glad you're here, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I think that's an excellent plan. What is the farthest from your house that you've ever been on the planet? Uh, China. Been to yeah. a few different cities in China. I went to Shanghai. Zheng and um, Beijing. Say that second city again. Yeah, it's I. This is like you can't say it in English, basically, but it's like Zheng It's like Z's and J's, and it was beautiful. It's actually where it's a national park area where um, they got the inspiration to make the Avatar Forest. So it's like, Ooh, yeah, wow. that's like what it's known for. Uh, well, now you know, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that was sort of like the selling point for uh, tourists and stuff. And they even have like, I don't remember what they're called, but like the flying things. And you could like pose on them like in the park. Oh, man. It was pretty funny, but it was beautiful. What is your favorite smell? Oh, that's hard too. Um, I think, and perhaps I'm being influenced by something I baked recently, but I really love like cinnamon, any kind of like cinnamon smell. And I just made candied pecans, uh, which makes your whole apartment smell like Christmas. So... I would say that's a any you there's no like bad cinnamon smell unless it's gum. Cinnamon gum is terrible, but uh oh, yeah. fair. But yeah, baking cinnamon is like the best. What is your third favorite flavor of ice cream? Not one or two, but third. Man. I would say cookies and cream probably. I like that question with no follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Uh what <laughs> What you? Uh, what is what you wanted to be? What did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid? Ooh, I wanted to be an actress or a pop star. Because <laughs> of course, <laughs> one or the other or both, like well, J-Lo style. Yeah, I think I think when I was like really little, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a singer because I was in choir and like you know, of course. Um, and then I was like, no, I want to act and everything. And I, I mean, I did theater and stuff. And sort of like thought that that was going to be. And my dad actually was part of the reason he, I probably didn't even pursue it at all, but for the best, certainly. But my dad is, uh, or was a commercial producer. And so like, he saw like child actors all the time. And he's like, you you don't want to be that at all. So like, he would constantly talk me out of it. Um, But uh, yeah, so, and I did theater through high school and then, and then also saw what, those types of theater kids were who wanted to like pursue it after high school and i'm like i'm good (laughs) (laughs) pass 
Now, there, there's been no no correct answer to any of the other questions, but this one, there there are correct answers. And there's no follow-up uh, in this one. We go right we go Right, yeah, right to it. Yeah. Right yeah. out of it. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Well, I'm Jay. <laughs> and I'm Tyler. And I'm Jimmy. And I'm Christine. And this <laughs> is Rocket Master. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the correct I answer, I think. I don't understand. <laughs> that might be the you, best answer. I don't yeah. understand why you linger on this question. Okay, so we are here. Uh, we have a wonderful show lined up. We've been. Uh, <laughs> we have I, a great so, show for you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Christine is the, here. What I would. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Play him on, John. Musical guest Taylor Swift. Yeah. Musical <laughs> guest. I was gonna say this has been a show that's been long in the making, but no, it hasn't because Tyler nope. is a jerk. So let's start True. this one off with a little confessional about. Uh, let's let's take a moment for us to each uh, give a little brief synopsis of our history with Taylor Swift, and I'll go first. Uh, I hated Taylor Swift for a very long time. Now, why did I hate Taylor Swift? I don't know. I just decided one. I I really don't like country music, so there was a big part of that. I got really mad when she kept becoming popular. And I got exceptionally mad when uh, the album Red came out. Because all of the songs that were released from it were fantastic. And they uh, were very How dare not, she? Yeah. Well, and they were very clearly not country songs. And I couldn't deny, I couldn't deny that they were good. But I was still determined and stubborn to be... Uh, uh, holier than thou and to come up with stuff I really had problems with like how much of her songs were just like diary entries and uh, I thought uh, I, I just I had a really stupid attitude towards it and then in the pandemic uh, she released surprise released and I had been softening to Taylor Swift and, and realized that my argument for why Taylor Swift was not worth listening to was very flimsy and falling apart and every progressive album she came out with was better um, and then she came out in the pandemic, she came out with, uh, folklore and evermore and they looked different enough. I thought I'll give this a listen to, and I listened to, uh, I think I listened to evermore first and immediately I was like, if this was by anybody else, I would love this record. And so I now no longer have any good reason to, to say other than Tyler is a jerk. That's the only good reason why this whole time I've realized, uh, that I had a problem with Taylor Swift. Uh, it was all about me, and I just need to admit that Taylor Swift is not only good, but she's in fact great and a an excellent songwriter. She can write a bridge like nobody else, and that's going to become a huge theme of my list. Uh, uh-huh. Which I my list my list is going to be called the bridges of of Taylor County oh, yeah. because it is just the, I, no one can write a bridge like Taylor Swift. She's very formulaic in her songwriting. You can tell because it goes verse, pre-chorus sometimes, yeah. chorus, verse, bridge, verse chorus because like it works it, she's, it, every time it works so well and she's really good at writing melody i love pop songs with good melodies i love and i've been able to so 
Folklore Evermore come out, I now have to admit that I can grow as a human being and uh, that I need to get over myself and stop hating things that are just nice. I went through a similar thing in college when I just realized that Britney Spears and NSYNC are great and I'm not too cool for, for pop music at that point. And now I realize I'm not too cool for Taylor Swift. Um, in fact, I'm probably not cool enough for Taylor Swift. This is probably a better way to put it. Uh, but uh, the, she then did a wonderful thing for me in terms of recognizing that I had hated her for so long and I needed to catch up. And so she decided she was going to start re-releasing her albums. And I am now rediscovering them. And I've made a point of kind of... Uh, so I got Folklore and Evermore. And uh, then I got Lover uh, because it was at, at Target. And uh, realized that the first... Six albums. Who's the middle-aged woman now, Tyler? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, because it was at Target is the best reason to buy something. It's incredible. Yeah. It was. It, I got the record. I got the record of each of these, and it was on sale at Target. And uh, and so, the most hipster well, place to get records. We all follow yeah. you and, on Instagram, Tyler. We know their records. Okay, <laughs> of course, of course. So, we'll, and we'll unpack this a little bit. But she had uh, a situation where she was signed for her first six records to, I think, is Big Machine Records. Uh, and had this deal, which is often kind of what artists have, where they don't really own their own music, which is garbage. And so she got it after her first six records, which ends in reputation. She then uh, got started a new deal where now she owns all of her stuff. And the first record on that deal was Lover. And she has then uh, said that she's going to re-record every, each of her first six records and re-release them with new masters that when uh, that song is played, she gets the money, the royalties, rather than some other guy who had nothing to do with it named Scooter Braun. Uh, and so um, I have decided that I'm going to follow her on that journey. And every time she releases a, a new recording, I'm going to get that new recording and listen to it. And for, it's fun for me because I'm now listening to Red, especially as though it's a brand new album, even though it's 10 years old. Uh, and it holds up. And it's very good. So that sorry, that was a little bit longer. But that's my story with Taylor Swift. I'm now full on into Taylor Swift. But I only know uh, every, like folk, everything from Folklore on with Lover kind of added in as a prequel. I, I have not listened. And I've even kind of, I've, I'm waiting on 1989. I'm waiting on some of these other ones other than what I heard on the radio because I want to experience them fresh uh, when she re-releases them and not give any money to Scooter Braun. So uh, anyway, thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, this is a great episode. <laughs> Now, what, what is Tyler, I'm happy for what, you what that you've grown. I mean, what what was the follow up to that? Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. What what are your stories? We're happy what are your for stories you uh, to be oh, here. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. What a uh-huh. gift I've gotten that I yes. got Taylor Swift yeah. in my life this year. Also, I do have to say that the 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 documentary uh, Miss Americana on uh, Netflix does a great job of. Uh, it was two hours of basically saying, Tyler, you're a jerk. <laughs> kind of basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is a, a lovely human being who is just trying to write, like, yes, yeah, she wants attention, but so do we all. And she is a nice person who's just writing great pop well, songs. Well, and what the documentary listen. shows, and I mean, if, you know, if you followed her from the beginning, was that she was became, like, incredibly famous as a teenager. Uh, yeah. which uh, would be incredibly challenging. And of course, we've seen over the years, everybody who becomes famous at a young age is has a lot of struggles, most people. Uh, and so mm-hmm. the doc uh, shows a good, uh, you know, in a good hour and a half, two hour portion uh, showing how, you know, like of course she, I mean, they use the example of the Dixie Chicks, just the chicks on uh, how they were completely uh, stopped being able to sell records because they spoke out against George W. Bush I think that like uh, speaking out against politics thing was a big thing for a lot of people that she always stayed silent. Um, 
and but like when you're fifth when you're 15 uh and just all of the <laughs> adults in the room uh the old white men are telling you like don't speak out or you're half the people who buy your music will stop like of course that's what you're gonna do uh and like it takes longer which is to, literally a scene in the movie it's an incredible a bunch of white scene. men telling her not yet yeah, when she's like 28 you know and it's yeah. been a mega star for 10 years and they're like you're gonna you're gonna lose half the people like she's like no i don't give a crap like this woman's terrible we need to speak out that's great that's great yeah. yeah, it's a lot of like any documentary um, about a musician specifically and when it's like produced by that musician, of course, it's going to be from their perspective. But I think mm-hmm. it's such an important reminder that like, like celebrities, they're just like us. But it's true. Like everyone is a human being with feelings. And, you know, when they talk about the like the Kanye West incident and other things like that, it's like it wasn't. I mean, yes, of course, she wants attention because like you were saying, like what pops if you're a pop store, you want attention. <laughs> and mm-hmm. but it really like she's like, yeah, I was so embarrassed. Like and she was 19. I think I forgot about that. Like that's such a young age to go through something so traumatic like that and be humiliated in front of millions of people. And just seeing her talk about it and, you know, with with some time in between is, yeah, it's a really nice, beautiful way to just, you know, see into her life in ways that you wouldn't normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, so I, Taylor is in a category of musicians where, and this is not uncommon for Jay, uh, I, there's a depth to her that I haven't explored yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so Tyler and I were talking before the podcast that we, we, the assumption had been I would come in with all the radio hits as my top five, mm-hmm. which would have been true if I was left to my own devices. Uh, but I also happen to know that my sister, who I tried to get on today, she she was busy. Oh but man! Oh man! <clears throat> that would have been so. Jackie fun. has, Jackie. I don't. I'd have to look up their ages, but I I truly think Jackie like grew up with Taylor Swift, like roughly the same life experience at roughly the same time. Uh, and so I texted Jackie, like the classic procrastinator that I am, and I said, "What is your top five list uh, for Taylor Swift?" And she she did not disappoint. Uh, to the point that I I truly, again, I think I I said this in our, in my text exchange with Jackie. I, I, yes, Tyler, to the point of like, sometimes she's seeking attention and like kind of has that pop star vibe to her. But I also think truly as a musician, she's underrated, even with all the accolades, even with all the, the, the uh, fame and fortune, whatever. Like, I, I, I don't think there's enough people appreciate what's going on here. Uh, with the way she's able to slide through genres is incredible and write these amazing like and uh listening preparing for this list knowing that there is a song like even listening to the difference between uh we'll talk about this later but there's a uh and the original version of red versus the re-recorded version of red which sounds very similar she sings one song that i love um very much with a country voice on the first recording Mm -hmm. and subtly without it with a pop voice or or even yeah. just like a songwriter voice on the second like her voice maturity but even realizing like because she still had the that was the crossover album where she kind of became more of a pop star than a, than a country star but still had the lingering country voice uh and she can still kind of turn it on for the country songs but there's a song in particular where it's not really a country song but she sang it in a country voice and then didn't sing it in a country voice and, and just that subtlety is really there's really not very many other there's lots of artists that kind of defy genre but she will land squarely in different genres really yeah. exceptionally well, which is yeah. impressive. Yeah, she's mastered like every genre mm-hmm. she tries, basically. Yeah, that's truly. My journey, uh, I mean, Taylor Swift, 
uh, became famous and started making music when I was like a middle school, uh, starting to go into high school boy. And so, uh, like most middle school boys with emotions, uh, the first like distinct memory of, oh, Taylor Swift is great that I have was going to, I don't know, a birthday or a, uh, a graduation party or something. And a girl a couple years older than me singing teardrops on my guitar. I like guitar, I mean, like, oh, pretty girl singing. This is great. Love this. This song is delightful. <laughs> Emotions. Um, and through that, I mean, I can't, you know, in high school, because uh, I was trying to be cool, of course, I did not dive into all the albums, but the all of the hits, uh, as I'm sure we'll talk about, are perfect. I mean, they're uh, especially like Love Story and You Belong With Me. They came out when I was like 16. So those are timeless, perfect songs. Um and I think Red came out in college, like loved Red, got into it then. 1989, of course, is the uh, her thriller. I mean, it's like a perfect pop album. Like, I, uh, it's it's undeniable. And then also, I think 1989 was when it became cool for guys to start liking Taylor Swift. Like guys my age, all of a sudden, all of my friends were like listening to 1989. I was like, okay, we're all we're all doing this now. Great, <laughs> um, which was a funny <laughs> dynamic as she went pop. And I think for, for I said, I feel goofy being on this podcast as I wouldn't describe myself. Like Taylor Swift is so rewarding for longtime fans. And she she plays with her mythology and her iconography and drops like Easter eggs like all the time for mm-hmm. 15 years. Um, and so like I feel like not being one of those people, I feel weird being on because I think for a while I describe like a lot of pop musicians. Like I think Drake's like this where you'll release an album and I'll just listen to it for two years. Like I listened to 1989 for two years and Reputation for two years and Lover. Um, and then once the next one comes, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Like, okay, good. I've heard, you know, Bad Blood three billion times. Like I can move on now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as, I mean, as we've gotten further on, I just kept on returning and re-listening and Folklore and Evermore. I mean, uh, as Tyler said, uh, are amazing and uh, like she just made a sad indie music record, which is already the exact type of music I love. So uh, hopping in that genre, I was like, oh, okay, this sealed it. And yeah, this past year I texted Tyler because I knew he had been, he had gotten really into Taylor Swift. He posts like a picture of her record every three days. Uh, my sp- <laughs> <laughs> But my Spotify rap for this past year, as I was uh, delivering pizzas most of the year and driving around, kids from youth group uh and whatnot taylor swift was my number one artist on spotify wrapped i was in the top three percent of listeners in the world (laughs) for taylor swift which is an incredible stat but uh you know i love my girl yeah i'm glad you're here man that's That's great that's that's, (laughs) crazy that's a credential all by itself that's right Yeah. yeah uh my history uh with taylor swift um is so i am actually taylor swift's age so i am a girl the same age as Taylor Swift, which definitely makes me the target audience. And I actually, I didn't like her, similar to Tyler, when I first started listening to her. The first time I think I ever heard of her was when I was like 16. And she must have been doing kind of her first big tour. Because I will never forget walking through the halls of my high school and seeing all the girls wearing like the same shirts. And I'm like, what is this? And similarly, I was not very into country. And so I was just like, oh, some country singer, whatever. And then... Certainly, as time went on and when her when Fearless came out, 
Um, I think I remember my friend showing me the You Belong With Me music video and I was like, this girl is fun. Like I was very, <laughs> I loved that. And I started watching more of her music videos, but I was still sort of a closeted fan. I was like, well, this is, I'm ironic. Like that's, you know, back when uh, that kind of thing was just like, well, I like her as a joke. And then probably mm-hmm. come college, I was like, oh, this is serious. Cause I think too, the more you dive into her, uh, all of her music and, I mean, even you don't have to be a girl my age to appreciate and like her. But I think there is like this connection that it's like, oh, yeah, like we relate to like the teen love songs, the teen breakup songs. And then as she matures, I was maturing. And so in college and when Speak Now came out, it was like all very like you feel you feel with her. And I think that to me is what is so special about Taylor Swift is she writes so honestly and it might be too honest for some people. And that's why they think she's sort of irritating or bitchy or something. And like, um, but yeah, she, she writes these very honest love songs that people can relate to these very honest, raw breakup songs. And, um, and her lyrics are so smart. And like you said, she's underrated because I think it's easy to write her off as this pop star, but she's so, uh, She's so great. And then, yeah, as you know, as she got older and then even with Folklore and Evermore, it's just been really, really cool to see her continue to just do new things and not burn out or or, or burn out and come back and, you know, things like that. So I've been I've been a solid fan for a long time, but I, I it wasn't from the beginning. <laughs> but once mm-hmm. again, I'm an, all, I was a jerk and now I've come around. It's never no, too I late. Really too. Like, yeah, that, that was a, a big thing of like it was not cool to like Taylor Swift at first. And it was actually yeah. very cool to hate on Taylor Swift. Of and especially th- like we we kind of forget it was trendy. Kanye Well, and we forget Kanye's respectability at that point. Like when Kanye stepped up, that wasn't like, oh yeah, here goes Kanye again. That was like, <laughs> oh, here's a legitimate artist standing up for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I I think that Taylor Swift deserve I mean as much as anyone deserves to win the fake award that is the MTV Music Award, but like Beyonce lost for single ladies, which is crazy. And so at the time, I remember thinking like, yeah, single ladies should have won. Way to go, Kanye. But then realizing the other side is like, also Taylor Swift had a great song. And what a terrible thing to do to somebody, even at a fake award show. A 19-year-old. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And in retrospect, like I definitely would side with Taylor Swift uh, versus Kanye, given the, the respective paths of both of them. But I think that that's an easier... It was easy to... She was an easy character. She was... a it would give you a lot of cred to say that Taylor Swift wasn't cool for a very long time. Um, and then, and so I kind of leaned into that really hard, uh, especially being a country music hater. And, and it was the one artist that no matter how popular she got, I was like, yeah, Taylor Swift's done. Never forget that when Beyonce won an award later that night, she gave her speech to Taylor Swift because she is a classy yeah, lady. A classy lady. Oh yeah. yeah that was, Oh, I watched all of it live never forget <laughs> and her and going, face when Kanye's doing that is like oh, yeah. she's like is, horrified no, I don't I don't like this yeah, yeah she was yeah. like well and it's crazy because in the moment I mean Beyonce has been I mean she obviously still is but at that point in 2009 I believe she was like at the top of her game um and like you know one of the best artists in the world and Taylor was on her second album I believe that's uh mm-hmm. for Fearless and so it was such a difference in like stature of course we're all gonna be like well beyonce is beyonce uh and that has remained true 10 years later you know 12 years later or whatever uh taylor swift has risen i think to that level i mean i think uh beyonce and taylor swift are the two artists 
really ruled the past uh, 15, 20 years. So. Well, hey, let's talk about some uh, Taylor Swift songs then. Uh, we have yes. we have a device where we each have come up with uh, our top five Taylor Swift songs. We're going to do our best to not repeat them. Uh, I think we all have some alternates, so if we do have some repeats, we'll we'll talk about them. But we'll uh, but we'll get a solid twenty songs, and we'll make a playlist for you at the end of this that we'll share that you can listen to the the top five Taylor songs. And I, I think we all have a different metric for how we do it. So um, I would say uh, when you go into your top. When you go into your list, maybe you can tell us what your logic was in terms of can, like giving you a five. This is um, an insane. It was, was an insane task. Like la- last absolutely night, absolutely impossible. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. Like every album has like seven songs that are amazing, and she's had nine albums. Just like this is a, yeah. this is an insane task. What you can't see behind me and Jimmy is the is like a wall with red yarn and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all strung together yeah. yeah yeah so let's let's go let's go in this order let's have jay you let's have jay then i'll go then jimmy then christine yeah sounds good so awesome. jay tell us you've already told us a little bit but tell us about what went into your list and then give us your number five yeah so i mean my backups will be all the singles because that's what i know of taylor uh enough uh, so and and my list might be a little biased because of that because I texted my sister and said, "What am I missing? Like, what are the deep cuts?" So I might be I don't I don't know I don't have the red yarn. Uh, I might be off the beaten path. So she sent me a very helpful list with her own description. So I am essentially just speaking cheating. for my sister. Nice shout out yeah. to Jackie. Cheating. Now. Yeah. 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 This this has been the move since high school. Wait till the very last minute. Do the assignment by copying somebody else. Uh, yeah. So that's great. It's great. Up- yeah. Up- at number five is Last Kiss. Uh, Jackie writes, this song is from Speak Now. Taylor is so good at bridges, if she could be hired by PennDOT, the bridges would all be perfect. She says the lyrics that stand out the most for this one are, and I hope the sun shines. And I hope it's the sun day. shines, and it's a beautiful day. And something reminds you, you wish you had stayed. You can plan for a change in the weather and Jackie says this, and I think this would be a good conversation if we want to go with that. She does her best when she's telling a story rather than trying to get a gotcha line. And I think I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, when she's being storytelling, it's great. It's the songs that she's like overtly vindictive that I'm always a little bit like, eh, well, okay. I don't discuss. <laughs> She's a uh, one of the best storytellers we have right now, and also one of the best at gotcha lines. So I'm sure we'll yeah, have. That, that's yeah. fair. That's we'll fair. Both, yeah. Probably. The best is when those two things intersect. Well, mm-hmm. is when she's got a great gotcha line and a great story song. Uh, I have very little to say about Last Kiss because, as I said before, I am only uh, and I'm only uh, giving myself access to these albums in their re-recorded fashion. So I I know a couple things from Speak Now and a couple things from. Uh, Taylor Swift and from 1989 1989 yeah I, but yeah I know some stuff from those but they uh, I don't I don't know about last kiss so I, uh, I'm, I'm telling you now I don't know I don't me know either I, I gave these I will say I gave these all a listen this morning just to kind of know what I was sort of kind of talking to about uh, yeah yeah was it good you liked it I I like yeah I, I like it all yeah yeah, I Last Kiss is uh I don't listen to that one too much. It's kind of a, a I'm a neutral party on that one, so uh, I don't have a, a lot to contribute this time. 
But Jackie's correct that one of the major themes of all of our lists, I would assume, is bridges. Yeah, of I love it. Yeah, never forget. All right. Well, my number five is uh, perhaps my uh, most unorthodox pick um, because it everything that I said that I didn't like about um, Taylor Swift is represented in this song in that it is 100% a schmaltzy country song. And I heard this song for the first time without knowing it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> it was uh, uh, a couple of people sang it at uh, one of the talent shows at New Wilmington Mission Conference. And I was like, that's a beautiful song. It's kind of it's kind of lame, but it's really cute. And it speaks to me as a dad. And it speaks. Um, <laughs> it's, Hell yeah. And, and, so, and it's super cheesy, uh, but it's a lovely song. It's got a great bridge in it. And it is uh, the one song. It's from, uh, I think it's from Speak Now. And it's Never Grow Up. Mm. Which is real cheap like it's very country it's very like let's make a powerpoint at the graduation party of all the stuff <laughs> and it's talking about it's basically this story about and it also speaks to i think that i really appreciate when she writes songs that are stories about other people versus just stories about herself i think that was one of my big criticisms that all of her songs just sound like journal entries uh, like diary entries, which is which is are in retrospect really good, and she's really good at doing that. But I, uh, one of my bigger criticisms of her was that they're so personal about Taylor Swift that they're less accessible. And this one, while she kind of comes in in the third verse, it's definitely from the perspective of a parent in the first two, and it's just watching this child grow up and hearing it. I think I heard it again. This was probably ten years ago uh, that I heard it in Wilmington Mission Conference. hadn't had ex- exposure to it. These two girls sang it. Um, at the uh, at the talent show and sang it really well, and I was like, "What is this song? This sounds really good." And it, and I had young babies, and it was like making my heart cry and thinking like, "Oh no," because it really is just like a little baby who grows up and then goes to prom and then moves out on her own, and it's, it's super sad and schmaltzy, and uh, yeah, it would just worked. It it did everything for me, and uh, the in the bridge uh, she has a line. I just realized everything. I have is someday gonna be gone and I was like yeah <laughs> that's that kind of like appreciate what you have because it's fleeting kind of thing it's a really kind of bittersweet song for this like happy little country sounding song uh, but yeah so that's my number five you're such a good girl dad Tyler you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Killing> it. <laughs> uh, my number five so you know make trying to make the top five pick five songs to talk about on a podcast uh there's such a i think an instinct or an inclination to want to seem really interesting uh or really cool by picking deep cuts or like songs that nobody knows uh and i gotta tell you i love pop music and i love big fun songs and uh so i will uh be dipping into that here and there but number five is getaway car uh from reputation which is just a all-time banger uh it's absolutely amazing it's the best of taylor swift's big pop songs because uh you can uh it's an exaltation and like a it's yearning uh and it's like a a, a, you're letting your emotions uh escape you uh while also dancing uh which is actually probably just my favorite thing in the entire world is to let your emotions escape oh yeah while dancing uh, and so even though this is song is uh, about 
meeting Tom Hiddleston and escaping uh, using that sort of relationship that they had for a month in the paparazzi uh, to escape the relationship with Calvin Harris, I believe. Uh, it's the Taylor Cinematic Universe is lovely. Un it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. By the way, every person she dates is a real person that, like, in terms of our like pop culture world, and so it's it's intriguing, which used to bug me, and now it's fascinating to know that. I think that that was one of my biggest criticisms that every song. It's like, wow, this is a great song. And then you're like, oh, did you know that song's about Jake General? It's like, oh man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it would like it like to be like this is a great song I, about Tom Hiddleston. It's yeah. like oh jeez, I love uh, celebrity gossip and that kind of stuff. So I I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, it's fun once I got past it. But like yeah. that was a big that was a big barrier to entry for me for a while. Yeah, and Reputation's a weird album. Uh, the single as I we could I could talk about this for hours. How bad she is at picking singles. Uh, <laughs> But she picked uh, "Look What You Made Me Do," and that's a, that's a weird song. It's, it's no, I don't yeah, think it's, it's. I think it's not the lead good. Single off of that album, I know. Yeah, and uh, "Ready for It," which I also think is not uh, very good personally. But "Getaway Car" is, is pure magic. So shout out to the back half of Reputation. Side B is is great. So yeah, I'm very excited for when Reputation gets re-recorded because the only song I know off of that is "Look What You Made Me Do," and uh, it's 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 kept me away from that record. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, when this is done, can can you and I just go for a drive sometime and let me like just bounce to the the stereo in your car? That, Abs that absolutely, feels like fun. yeah. <laughs> feels I was like gonna, fun. yeah. One of my favorite things in life, uh, not just with Jimmy, but just with anybody, is being able to uh, let go of everything and just dance with Jimmy. Like whenever <laughs> yeah. I have opportunities, like that's why Jimmy Jimmy at a wedding is my favorite thing. Jimmy, uh, I, it's my favorite part of the Women's Mission Conference was was being at the dance with Jimmy because no one can let go of life and just dance like Jimmy does. And boy, that's super fun to do. It's one of my favorite things to do in life. And coming into the realization that Taylor Swift songs, especially the back half of her catalog, are almost Taylor, no 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 pun intended, <laughs> Taylor made for exactly that. Yes. Like let's just let let's let's uh, uh, let go and and just uh, feel good. Mm. I love Getaway Car. I think, um, so one of the songs I'm going to talk about is from Reputation, which is kind of a controversial album. Um, but I think, like, the bad songs are bad, but the good mm -hmm. songs are great. They're so good. Yeah, so my top five, an impossible task. A fool's errand. You can't <laughs> do it. Um, but so I, and I started to kind of just, yeah, like, make my short list. And then I was looking up the lyrics, and I'm like, well, I think I'll just pick five songs that either have hit me really particularly or... I know I can just talk about because sometimes I'm like reading through the lyrics and I'm just like, I just, it's just a banger, like, which is fine. Um, but I'm like, I, I know I have more to say. So, and this is a podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, I'll, and I, they're kind of like in no particular order. I, my last one is not going to be my, my top, but, um, so, so I'll, I'll transition to my reputation pick because I tried to do from an array of albums yes. and it is King of My Heart. I think, Ooh. um, when Reputation came out, um, she had been starting to date her current boyfriend, Joe Alwyn, but is it was like not announced, so we didn't really know who these love songs were about that we now do. And they're especially knowing now that they're still together and presumably very happy, like it's really fun to go back and read these love songs that are very, very sweet and lovely. And what I love about this song is there's like a theme, kind of a running theme about um, like how their love is more important than any physical gift or any kind of luxury, as she says in the song. Um, so um, she says, 
the song starts out as saying, I'm perfectly fine, I live on my own, I made up my mind, I'm better off being alone. We met a few weeks ago. Now you're trying to call me baby, like trying on clothes. Um, so I just, I also love like, because I feel similarly when, you know, I was single and it's like, okay, I'm fine on my own. But then when you meet someone and it kind of changes your review. And um, she said, um, we rule the kingdom inside my room because all the boys and their expensive cars with their Range Rovers and their Jaguars never took me quite where you do. And I love that because, yeah, it's like if you're date if you're Taylor Swift and you're dating all these rich celebrities, like money is kind of meaningless because that can't really get you anything because you have it already. Um, so that's kind of a, a recurring theme. In the second verse, she says, um, late in the night, the city's asleep. Your love is a secret. I'm hoping, dreaming, dying to keep. Change my priorities. The taste of your lips is my idea of a luxury. And I always really like that. Um, and then the, the bridge, the bridge of all bridges. Um, is this the end of all of the endings? My broken bones are mending with all these nights we're spending up on the roof with a schoolgirl crush, drinking beer out of plastic cups. Say you fancy me, not fancy stuff. Baby, all at once, this is enough. And that also is a little Easter egg because he's British and saying you fancy me is a very British thing to say. But yeah, I think that's so beautiful. Like, and the idea of like, yeah, drinking beer out of plastic cups, it's a very like normal thing to do. And I think certainly at her age, it's like, yeah, I'm sure all the fancy stuff becomes less important. And she's like, yeah, I just want to be, and their relationship is quite private. And so it's like, yeah, they got to do a lot of private things together probably. Um, and and also too, I think I love the line, is this the end to all my endings? Because like being her age and not being married mm. or anything, like you do kind of like every time you start dating, you're like, okay, is this it? Um, so yeah, King of My yeah. Heart, an amazing love song. Very, very beautiful. She's an amazing lyricist. Yeah. And really kind of the economy of an image that tells a whole bunch like that that uh, beer out of uh, plastic cups. There's one uh, that's not on my list. It might be on uh, other people's lists, but uh, where she is comparing herself to like uh, a guy she's dating who's really rich and grew up with this certain things. And she's saying how she grew up with um, uh, um, dining room bills. Or dining room, uh, however she puts it, like basically doing doing the bills on the on the dining room table. And just like the image of that, like it's the economy of the phrase. Like immediately, you're like, oh yeah, that's like middle class kind of where like where you have to balance the checkbook at the end of the end of the month and like watching your parents kind of like go through all the receipts and, and do stuff like that's not when, what rich people have to go through yeah when your dining room is just covered with bills and papers and you never yeah. eat there like rich people yeah. can have space for their dining room table like we don't or just never eat at the dining room table like right that the, the, the dining room table is all functions as the center the the home base of kind of the hub of the house mm-hmm. and I, I and all of that is expressed just in that one line of her comparing herself to this guy with a million dollar couch and like that um, that's in uh, uh, I Hope You Think About Me. Is that what that, that one's from? Yes, I think. It's on something on Red. I, I worked really hard to not have all of my songs come from Red. And so, <laughs> I mean, that, I just love that line. So. So I just wanted to interlude because I was looking up. I, I don't know how much uh, the history of it. So I, I looked just who is Taylor Swift dated and was directected <laughs> to the Table of X's, which is just yeah, a horrible like collection of words. Of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, <clears throat> this one, and again, true to to a procrastinated. Uh, Which wait, by the way, I, because it's a kind of an implied criticism. One of the things that ha- that I've been very guilty of too is kind of 
indirectly shaming this woman for dating lots of people uh, yeah, yeah. when we would not do the same for a man. And nope. and she has a song that's really good about that on, on the Lover album just called The Man. Um, but that that's one of the things that I was very guilty of, of the kind of indirect uh, looking down on this woman. Like she's dating so many people, like clearly, whereas like, George Clooney or Brad Pitt dating just as many people, if not more right. uh, popular people who are there. And we don't have that same criticism. Of. So the, the yeah. inherent misogyny yeah. in that, that even I'm, I was guilty of that. I'm uh, sure the internet, of my distaste of Taylor Swift was wrapped up in all larger things that I have to deal with on my own. I'm sure the internet has no George Clooney table of X's like that. That's no. probably not a thing that exists. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so coming in at number four on Jackie's list, and this uh, I'll say a little bit about this afterwards, is the song Clean from 1989. Mm. Uh, about finally getting over someone, finally feeling free or clean from a relationship. Uh, Jackie says she does a really good job again with the story. Uh, this song hit me twice. Uh, so first of all, when Jackie sent me this list, I made a little playlist to listen to today again just to kind of... And I think I skipped over Last Kiss mentally. Like I heard it, but I was do another thing this one when it hit me i was like there it is that's what i was looking for in terms of like that depth but also this is just a good point to interject here uh you know tyler had mentioned she's really good at hopping genres she also writes music that can hop genres itself because the first time i heard this was the ryan adams when he covered all of 1989 in his style which is i'm not much of a country guy so like ryan adams doing it put it in a genre that was more up my alley which again was where i was like oh there's a songwriting depth to taylor swift that i'm not exploring because if you take it out of the poppy country stuff and put it into like indie rock ryan adams not being the best indie rocker by any stretch of the imagination also disclaimer ryan adams terrible human being yeah 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 Yeah. be said yeah but it's a cool album like the way he approaches this That was important yeah. uh, at the time, for sure, before all that stuff uh, came up. So coming in at number four in my best Ryan Seacrest voice, it's Clean from 1989. Tyler, Clean, clean. I don't know. If, do you know uh, Clean? Because it's not on one of I the albums. It's, you it's, to. it's on it's 1989. The song, I haven't listened to it. Yeah, so in the Miss Americana doc, it's the song she sings just on the piano, I think in the rain, oh, right yeah. after yeah. she's talking about the lawsuit. Uh, for the like DJ who groped her uh, or assaulted her, yeah. if you want to phrase that, um, and so that's sort of the powerful, uh, a very powerful moment in the doc where she's singing that song, uh, song. just the piano uh, and her and her voice, and like the whole crowd singing with her. Yeah, from that uh, that doc, like she's an amazing instrumentalist too. Like she plays piano exceptionally well <clears throat> and plays guitar exceptionally well, like that uh, better than she needs to. Uh, for the kind of artist that she has been. Um, the kind of artist that she is, it's really important that she also plays that stuff. But she she could have, she doesn't need to play that stuff live. Uh, but she does. And I think that that's really, it's really exceptional. Uh, my number four is actually um, kind of the first song that I, when I fully came to accept that I like Taylor Swift full stop. Not just I like this song in spite of Taylor Swift. Like all of the pop songs from like 1989 and from Red that I couldn't deny were great. I was like, well, I mean this one, but I still don't like her. And then as soon as I heard this, like from the opening like bars of the song, I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in. Uh, it's the very first song on Evermore. Uh, it's Willow. 
and that is a that's a song i mean that's a that's it's just its own thing uh and and not to say that all the other stuff isn't but like when i heard that i couldn't deny it's like this is a legitimate artist who's writing music that's interesting even musically interesting that there's lots of like just the the instrumentation from the beginning is complicated but accessible um it's this is not an experimental album in the sense that every song on it is a is a wonderful song it's experimental for her because she's just writing a straight indie folk album um but there's really really great things going on musically i like what she's doing with her voice i like that she's singing in a way that she kind of hasn't before but still she never like all of her songs she could do a full concert of all the songs from all of all of her different albums and they all make sense even though uh, they're very different and her voice is different. It always still sounds like Taylor Swift. She never sings a song like that you wouldn't recognize her voice in. Uh, and the nice thing that I like about Willow is that the bridge in this song lyrically is just like the musically it's a bridge, but she's rephrasing the, the lyrics from, uh, from the kind of pre-chorus or the chorus, and so the the bridge part is life is life was a willow and it bent straight uh, bent right to your wind. They count me out time and time again. Life was a willow and it bent right to your wind, but I come back stronger than a '90s trend, which is such a like cheeky like uh, kind of like <laughs> but it, but at the same time it's like really clever. Um, and just that song really ingratiated me to like I heard it on Spotify and then immediately I just went and was like I would like to own this record um, and so went and bought the record and got Folklore so I heard Evermore even though that came out second I heard Evermore before I heard Folklore um, and yeah that song was a big turning point for me um, and uh, yeah the, uh, to know that she worked with uh, the guy from The National um, it also makes me like I'm kind of despite my my age and my complexion i'm not a big national fan which which seems to be inconsistent with, with who i should be uh just because national just seems like super like sad and and mopey um and this when you add some taylor swift to that like add the the bitterness it's like the national is black coffee and taylor swift is the sweetener that you add into it and so the combination that you get because he he helped produce uh aaron desner is that yes yeah, and, and so he helped produce Evermore and uh, and Folklore, and the combination of the two is that it, it kind of um, it adds some some kind of boldness to, to the normal Taylor Swift that that I wasn't used to the kind of the indiness, but the the kind of straight, real good melodies, real good uh, lyrics that are accessible and things like that of Taylor Swift are are brought to the game. So seeing that combination right off the bat on Willow was. Um, exceptional so that is my number four yeah i love that her producers that she has like long relationships with like jack antonoff which i'll talk about later but um like (laughs) like they yeah her sound changes based on her producers but you could tell it's not them overtaking it's very much a relationship Mm -hmm. and with Mm -hmm. folklore and ever evermore they are so distinct um and, and jack antonoff was on those too but like yeah the national sound really took over but in a way that once again felt like a uh, a partnership um, and really beautiful. And it doesn't sound like a national record with her singing. Mm. It sounds like a completely new thing, which is which is sounds wonderful. very close to the big big red machine. Yeah, I loved in the um, in the doc when you see her working with a producer to write a song. Like it very t- to your point, Christine. Very much she is writing the song, 
but just having that the producer as a partner to say like what about this like she's bouncing it off of the guy but she is she is the the thrust behind the song it is yeah. it is her song uh in a really cool way i love in the long the long pond sessions the the uh two hour like film of just her singing the songs uh from folklore uh and her talking about that with jack uh, antonoff and with aaron desner where i think she's talking to both of them and she was like describing wanting to work with Aaron Desner and with uh, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver and being like her sort of being like, I was nervous because they're like, quote unquote, serious, like indie musicians, uh, as she uh, long ago mocked on, t- on 22. And uh, like Jack was just and Aaron were both like, you're just crazy. Like if like you're the st- like the one of the greatest songwriters of our time, <laughs> like these guys are like, yeah, like we're nervous to work with you. Like uh, Aaron Desner, who's like a very quiet guy. So, oh, I was nervous. And like, she has a scene, I think, where she's like, yeah, I was like, should I call Justin, like, Vernon? Should I do it? And he's like, I, I think he'll say no. And, like, you're amazing. Like, they're going to say yes. Like, I, I promise you. And they did. And make beautiful collaborations. It was, it's great. Okay. Uh, my four, uh, number four, is uh, my song from Folklore. Uh, and I think uh, to move away from the dancing and into the, you know, serious sand girl, uh, indie rock, uh, just to... I think my favorite song off of Folklore right now, though that changes often, uh, is the song Peace. And uh, just a beautiful song. Taylor, as we discussed earlier, is now has been dating uh, Joe Alwyn, uh, an actor for a uh, few few years now. And, you know, much, low, much more low-key and under the radar um, than all of her other sort of high-profile crazy celebrity relationships. Uh, very little paparazzi about it and like clearly like the serious adult like long term what what's the end point of this relationship and i think peace is this beautiful song uh it's got it's the very very uh justin vernon influence with that uh bonnie Vare like beat in the background um which of course i love uh and then the, the, the story she tells is just sort of uh, it feels personal to me even though most of folklore is uh her telling folk stories more or less um, but I think she's she's the now that she's the crazy uh, celebrity like super powerful super famous celebrity and he's the lower key actor uh, she's wondering like am I enough like uh, which I find incredibly relatable as sort of the overly emotional or uh, thinks too much about everything and like uh, I feel like um, you know when you find someone who's like steady and strong you uh, and I think Taylor Swift sings this so well about feeling like uh am i gonna be too much uh is it worth it for you to keep up to deal with me to deal with me and all my highs and all my lows um and one of my favorite sort of phrases here is uh your integrity makes me seem small you paint dreamscapes on the wall i talk with my friends it's like i'm wasting your honor uh and that's a heartbreaking line for anybody to be feeling in a relationship um so just a, a great song I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number four, um, which no particular order, um, another good love song, uh, which is Everything Has Changed from Red. Um, She sings it with uh, Ed Sheeran. Oh, boy. (laughs) um, (laughs) Friends, writing partners, uh, he guests on a couple of her songs. Um, But I love this one. She, I think she's so good at just capturing emotions and 
King of My Heart is is a is a deeper love song about someone you're in a relationship with, and everything has changed as someone or a song about someone you just met and the like butterfly excitement feelings. And um, so the it starts out by saying, "All I knew this morning when I woke is uh, is I know something now that I didn't before, and all I've seen since 18 hours ago." is green eyes and freckles and your smile in the back of my mind making me feel like I just want to know you better. And she just repeats that. And that's kind of the chorus, or that's the pre-chorus. Um, the chorus goes, because um, all I know is we said hello and your eyes look like coming home. All I know is a simple name and everything has changed. All I know is you held the door, you'll be mine and I'll be yours. And all I know since yesterday is everything has changed. And I think that's so powerful. Like when you meet someone, you're, it's like your world just changes and you're like, oh, what? And like your life was so different the day before. And I think too, like when you go through a breakup, you, when I went through a breakup a few years ago, I kind of joked to my friends that I feel like I have a master's degree in a subject that doesn't exist anymore because you like have all this knowledge that's pointless now, basically. And even though it still sticks with you and it changes who you are, like you're just like, what do I do with all this information? And then the kind of the, uh, the opposite is true when you meet someone new, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm starting uh, a new subject and you get to just like mm -hmm. start over and you're like you kind of like you're overwhelmed with emotions and you don't even know what to do with this information and that's why she's just like all I know is I just want to know you better and I feel like that is such a relatable feeling and then Ed Sheeran uh, sings the first two so it's a very beautiful kind of beginning of love song that I think uh, that I've always really loved um, and uh, it sticks with you their voices harmonize incredibly well together so well. Uh, and I think this is a song for me that got I think like re a lot uh, better uh, on the re-record. I think both of their voices yeah. have gotten like incredibly strong uh, and mature. And hearing them now compared to the uh, the first time was really. I mean, still a, a great song, of course, back then. But really added a lot of depth for me in this this recent re-release. They also pull. I feel like they pull Ed Sheeran forward in the mix a little bit more uh, in the in the re-record in a good way. Mm -hmm. In that uh, he was almost lost in the first recording and. Uh, particularly because he only has like one line that he sings solo in that and the rest of it it's all harmony but the harmony between them is just so so beautiful go ahead i i, I knew i was ready for this but th this would have been my number one uh, wow I, lo I love this song oh gosh yeah, yeah. This sorry is, i stole it uh it's got too personal yeah no no i was ready i was ready for it. <laughs> but yeah this is i mean i think that that's that's the thing is that the, i just the repeated i just want to know you better just that feeling of like i did not when i woke up yesterday i did not think that this is where i would be and to know that like from this point on uh i'll never uh, like everything has changed like that and i just like that um the sense that your trajectory of of potentially your life but it definitely of of your year of your of your your next while uh can change so quickly uh i really like that the idea of like i had a master's degree in something that now i have no use for and um kind of that feeling of, of futility and, and kind of the sorrow of, of that loss not just the loss of the relationship but the loss of this deep knowledge of someone else and then uh to have um 
to, to re-enroll in a new, in a new course and to be so excited about that. There's, this was one of the ones that when I kind of, uh, being re-exposed to this in the, um, in the re-record to hear it like a brand new song and I love Ed Sheeran. So, uh, I was very excited to hear this one, but it really, every, I, I can't get tired of this one. This is one that I've listened to on repeat, uh, for like, I'll just put it on and just kind of let it play for an hour and I don't get tired of this one. This is the slightest tangent, and like I, I hate that the reason <laughs> for it that she has to re-record it all. I love the the idea of going back and re-recording old stuff, like in the mm-hmm. growth of an artist. To like, like Foo Fighters have been joking about this too, that they might redo the first one, which was just Dave Grohl, but do it now as a band that's been through so much. Like, I, the musician in me is curious about that. That's that's fun. I really love to, I was really kind of hoping, especially with some of the earlier country albums that she would like reinterpret them. But in retrospect, I'm glad that she hasn't like they it's the differences are so subtle. Like they've done a good job of reproducing them as close as possible. But um, something uh, like, again, uh, it's a song we haven't talked about yet, but, but the, her, her voice, as Jimmy said, like their, their voices are so much stronger and Ed Sheeran's as well. Like the, the rerecord, there is nothing lost. There's only only things gained yeah. and they reproduce well, the production exceptionally well, but the mix is a little bit different and the voices are stronger. The, uh, there's a difference to it. Yeah. I think, uh, I would say on the, the pop songs, especially the three on red, uh, 22 and we are never getting back together. And, um, uh, the other one is drawing a blank. I think those have lost a little something for me, uh, yeah. compared to the original. I just think, I don't know. I mean, uh, whether her trying to capture that, like, youthful exuberance mm-hmm. uh and in the production maybe it just doesn't quite work as well all of the slower like any slower or uh more intimate song is clearly raised and both fearless and uh red but i think some of the pop songs have been a little a little less i'm 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 worried about 1989 um i mean obviously <laughs> they're like all perfect songs so it'll be great but uh just in the in the there in the especially in the like oh I have to make a moral stand and listen to the re-release instead of the old ones so that uh, Taylor Swift gets my uh, one penny that Spotify gives to artists <laughs> instead of Scooter Braun, um, yeah. So hey, but, apparently in your situation those pennies add up fast. That's true. Yeah, they really yeah. do. That's what I'm saying. I'm a big big money uh, for Taylor. Well, I was really expecting uh, if you're familiar with uh, the song Both Sides Now uh, from Joni Mitchell. I think that's what it's called. Um, and she she had a real high soprano, and she then has smoked for fifty years, and now has a, a voice kind of like mine right now. And so she re-recorded that that off of, song off off of clouds, off of clouds. Okay, uh, but she re-recorded that song with a very husky alto voice that she has now, and it's a different song. And it's the whole song too is about like seeing the world with perspective of age. Like it's a really compelling kind of bookend not not really a bookend to occur because she's done a bunch of stuff before and after both of those versions but it's a really compelling kind of different feel and i i was expecting some of that in the re-record from taylor but she replicates it but it is interesting how some of those songs on on red do hit different when sung by a 31 year old versus a 21 22 year old and uh but they i think they hit different in a way that you can feel it's not like she's pretending to be that it's you can hear it kind of like this is reflecting on something that I was versus something that I am. 
uh, and it's it's nice that we we ultimately don't have to burn the old version that we have yeah. both of those versions. 15 is really good too. Like that, uh, like awesome when it's like a 15 or 18 or however old she was at that time singing it. Uh, and also really cool now sing, hearing her sing it at 31. It's, it gives it a different, uh, instead of like a first person, almost like a, you know, it sounds, and I mean, maybe that's just me projecting my knowledge of her singing it now. Uh, but it's, it feels like it's reflecting on what it was like at 15 as opposed to being 15, which is fun. All right, uh, at number three, Exile, featuring mm. Bonnie Uh oh, yeah. which, and I again, you guys could speak more to the story behind it. I guess Jackie was telling me folklore is just stuff she sat around writing during the pandemic, um, and like li- knowing that and listening to this song and knowing that all I came out of the pandemic with was like a new Lego set was really infuriating. Because uh, I, I don't know anything about the song lyrics or anything like like it just hits right like it, it, it sitting and listening to it that is one as much as we've been throwing shade at Tyler for having uh, vinyl of all these that's the one to sit at home next to the fire yep. with the record player going and just kind of chill out to it it's good that's the one that that to me really uh, pairs well with uh, nothing better by Postal Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's this really uh, com- uh, from a songwriting standpoint it does this beautiful thing of like the two it's a duet of two people telling the same story from different perspectives and getting that um, uh, which the Postal Service song is about a breakup and this Exile is also about a breakup but uh, him kind of saying what's he saying like I I uh, I can't remember how they how they put it in the in the song, but just them him kind of saying like I I constantly was saying this, and she's like you never listened. It's like all I did was try to tell you what I wanted, and she's like no you didn't. And like <laughs> hearing the duet of that, I think it's like brilliant songwriting, um, and it's something that almost like a musical. We've talked uh, I think when well, we haven't. Uh, one of the things I like about I heard musicals described one time is that people start singing in musicals when what they need to express can't be expressed in words. And so they needed to sing and dance, like the emotions are too big. And there's something about the complexity of a, and, the, and the melancholy of a, of, of a deterioration of a breakup because of communication that can be expressed in a song like this that can't, like you can't write a story or a play or, a, or some kind of uh, dialogue that nails this quite as well as uh, a song can. The kind of, the, both the harmony in the, in, the, in the musical notes, but the disharmony in the lyrics is something that's so uh, compelling and beautiful and, and describes kind of that breakdown so well. And this song is just beautiful. My favorite line from that song, because I love the song too. Um, I love, it's uh, Taylor Swift singing, I can see you staring, honey, like he's just your understudy. So talking about mm. kind of the theatrics of it, like that's that's such a gutting line of like, if he's like, mm looking at her with her new boyfriend or whatever and he's just like yep he's just saving my place or whatever and oh it's it, that i love when lines like that can just tell a story and i think she's so good at that phoebe bridgers is also really good at that but that'll be a uh, another hell, another episode. hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah i love that uh taylor swift and phoebe bridgers did a song together on the new re-release of red we need more <laughs> yes let taylor swift join boy genius <gasps> oh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> My girls. <laughs> so my number three is my folklore pick. Uh, this is from deep in the folklore, second side or fourth side. No, I think it's just, yeah, it's fourth side uh, if you go with the records. But uh, it is a song that I think uh, 
one of my criticisms of, of her is that she all of her songs are a little too personal and she doesn't write story songs about other people and this one is a beautiful story song about other people and it's the song Betty uh, I love this song it's very sweet I love the swearing in it I love that the um, that it could I the first time I heard it I missed at one point she refers to the I mean she's a woman singing a song but it's from a boy's perspective but it doesn't it's not clear that it's from a boy's perspective except at one point she is referred to as James which could be a short of Jamie or something like that but I heard it as a girl singing a song to a girl oh of course and it's a beautiful song it's a beautiful song even if it's a boy singing to a girl but it's it's this great and it's it tells a story so well without telling the story like it tells because she said the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you never explains what that is because we don't need to know what that is Within the context of, the, I mean, it kind of does in the bridge where she talks about like I went away with this other girl for the summer, but doesn't really. I mean, it's implied, but you don't really need to know that because you're just dealing with the aftermath of that. And the way the way in which this song is both written and in, and t- how it unfolds, like the drama of this song, is so great because she's saying like, what if I showed up at your party? What would you do? And then at the very end, after the bridge, where she kind of explains, yeah, this summer kind of did something with some other girl and then uh it's it gets this point where she says so i showed up at your party and then some like a pause so i showed up at your party then a pause so i showed up at your party and then and then the response and like just that dramatic build like this is such a simple song uh and again kind of a folky country song but she doesn't sing it in her country voice which makes tyler love it uh because it then becomes just this um, an acoustic story, story song um, and the way in which the story unfolds at the end of this song and the, the payoff is so well plotted and so like the, it's dramatically presented so beautifully just a simple song about high school love uh, but just it's beautiful I, I, I love it uh, it was my favorite song when I heard it uh, on the album it probably still is my favorite song on that album more harmonica in Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I will say, I don't know how true this is. Uh, Jackie tells me that was tied for Jackie's number two, that it's apparently mm. a trilogy of songs. Yes. Mm. That uh, it, it fits in with Cardigan and August. Yeah, it tells oh. that that's the, they're all three telling the same story from the three different people's perspectives. <laughs> my number three is from probably my favorite Taylor Swift album. Uh, it's, it's Thriller. It's a perfect pop album. And trying to pick... Uh, which great pop song uh, is a incredibly hard task. Also, I mean, I just, I love, uh, I know places. It's one of my favorite songs in there too. Um, Last like radio play, but this one was one of the bonus tracks on 1989 and is an absolute uh, like the most, I want to get up and dance. Uh, it's so fun. I'm so scared that this is what my number two is. Oh, uh, the song is called new romantics. Yeah. Oh, Jackie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to my old youth leader, Jackie. I love it. Um, <laughs> connection. New Romantics is awesome. It's so fun. It's like a winking uh, like song about how sort of silly it, uh, young people are going out to have a good time. But also, it's a lot of fun to be a silly young person just trying to go out and have a fun time. Uh, when I went, you know, looking at the lyrics, as all of us did, uh, the genius, you know, genius will like annotate uh, all the lyrics for you to sort of tell you like... Uh, goofy little meanings about it but the first uh let me make sure i get this right because i clicked it and the first like annotation <laughs> for the song goes 
In the young adult stage, many people face some degree of existentialism. Uh, which is a hilarious first description uh, for this very fun, very goofy pop song. Uh, it features the best uh, sigh, I think, in the history of music. Uh, so I'll let Tyler uh, discover that in three years whenever this album's recorded. But So I, I love New Romantics. Of all, like, you could pick like seven to ten songs from 1989, and they're all should be in the top five, but this is the crazy task we're on. And I'm glad Jackie agrees, so... I do have to say, I am very, like, I know that I, I knew at the time that I, like, because I loved 1989 on the radio, what I heard from it, and so I am pretty sure that, like, I love Red, and I don't know 1989, and I'm very excited for whenever she re-releases it so I can finally listen to it. I'm kind of, I almost just jumped in and was like, no, 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 I want to I wanna hear it for the first time when when her version comes out. And Tyler makes a rule, he sticks to it, man. That's I do, yeah. I do, except yeah. for when I don't. <laughs> Jay, also, I want to hear then, Jackie's notes on New Romantics. She didn't give us much on New Romantics. So Jackie, uh, her number two was a tie between New Romantics and Betty. Uh, so thank you both to Tyler and Jimmy for Skyping my number two. Well, do you uh, have a fourth? Because that's going to ruin our numbers. No, I got, I got something I'll throw in there. Okay. Uh, she just kind of said, and I think she's right. And I would have gone. So my deal was I was just going to listen to them both and break the tie myself and i would have mm-hmm. gone new romantics uh just because again i kind of felt like getting up and dancing around jimmy dancing around celebrating the for whatever reason yeah because <laughs> it's the correct answer um, hell yeah all right so i think it is christine's turn for number three uh my number three is from lover and i love lover i think it's so good it was so hard to pick a song from that, um, I probably could have done multiple, and maybe still will. Who knows? Um, but uh, mine is "Death by a Thousand Cuts" on Lover. Uh, it is. I'm moving away from the love songs. This is a breakup song, and I learned that this song. I'm sure it has like some emotional relevance to her personally, but she said she wrote it about a movie that I love. It's based on, she said she saw the movie Someone Great on Netflix, which is a great, like, kind of breakup rom-com. It has Gina Rodriguez and Lakeith Stanfield and Britney Snow. It's a it's a romp, like, especially if you love music, it's a very, like, music, like, all takes place in one day in New York. It's very, it's a, it's a big romp, so um, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. But, and I was like, oh, that's so funny. And yeah, it's about a breakup and you kind of throughout the movie see flashbacks of uh, Gina Rodriguez's character and Lakeith Stanfield uh, during their relationship and their breakup and everything. But this is such a good breakup song. And it's, um, so it, it just starts out by saying, saying goodbye is death by a thousand cuts, flashbacks waking me up. I get drunk, but it's not enough because the morning comes and you're not my baby. So just classic, like, I miss you. I'm sad. Um, this is... This is part of the first. I forget where it is in the song, but it goes, I dress to kill my time, which is just a great line. I dress to kill my time. I take the long way home. I ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. And what once was ours is no one's now. I see you everywhere. The only thing we share is this small town. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of one of those songs where it's like, you you're you're in this like state where you just kind of don't know what to do with yourself and you're just sad and you're just driving around talking to streetlights and it's uh yeah it's uh there's wait so then the the bridge of course it's kind of long um but i love um 
my time, my, my wine, my spirit, my trust, trying to find a part of me you didn't take up. Gave you too much, but it wasn't enough. But it'll be all right, it's just a thousand cuts. So you're kind of like deep in the sadness and you can kind of see past it being like, I'll, I'll be fine eventually, I just have to get through this pain. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, I've cried. I've, all of these songs I'm talking about, I've like cried too fully. Um, this oh, is a great one. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a great, a great, sad, sad Taylor Swift song. Yeah, that's like, I think, great. Oh, go ahead. Just a great, great song. I love her. Um, and uh, maybe one of the, for me at least, was one of a, a little more of a hidden gem that after the first couple listens where you hear like a lot of the hits that are so fun. Um, this one's like, oh, this is like the secret great song on this record. Yeah, Lover is a, a real interesting record. Uh, but put my song, my next song is about love. It's from Lover. Uh, but the, um, yeah, there it's got a breezy production to it. And so I think you can miss some of the, you don't, it's some of the, the harder hitting stuff is not as, uh, as clear right away. Uh, and so that, like, it's a pretty fun record the whole way through on the first listen. And then you really start listening to it, You're like, Oh, some of these songs are not quite as fun. Um, I think that, uh, and, and we talk about this in, in, uh, both podcasts that have, this is a recurring theme in recent podcasts, I think, uh, pandemic wise, but also just in life that sometimes, um, uh, sometimes we have, it feels good to push on the bruise. And um, some mm-hmm. of these Taylor Swift songs, especially like she's got I'm in love songs and I am broken songs. And I mean, and then other songs, but th- those are kind of her, th- 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 there's more to it than that, but she's really good at writing those two kinds of songs. And some of the songs um, really kind of lean into the pain of losing something or the pain of uh, not having something. And sometimes it, it, it feels good to just resonate with that. And uh I really appreciate how how clearly she is able to kind of encapsulate the emotions of that, not just the the words of it, but the the depth of of how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will dip into my uh, list, which is again before this, uh, all I knew was the hits. So I will put in here at number two, never getting back together, if oh, only yes. for a bop. Uh, Mm-hmm. It, it's a bop, and again, kind of to the point, and I think this speak. This, I want to be careful not, I'm not saying I like her songs when other people do them better. It's just that she's such a good songwriter that other people are taking it. Uh, so Jimmy Eat World covered Never Getting Back Together <laughs> on like some super deep. Yeah, it, and it, it sounded like a Jimmy Eat World song. Like listening to it, you're like, oh, they could have written this. Uh, but either way, great song. Fun to also fun to just kind of bop around to, uh, so that'll be my number two slotting in there. Yeah, I didn't. I tried to stay away from the hits as much as I could because that's what that's all I cared about for Taylor Swift for so long. So I wanted to recognize that I now have depth. But we are never getting back together was one of the ones that I was like, dang it, this song is so good. Yeah. Like I was, it made me so angry that Taylor Swift came out with such a great song, and I like to have a chorus that just repeats the like it shouldn't work. The way that it does, right. it works so well. And uh, Jimmy, to your point earlier, like it really the version recorded when she was 22. Like this is such a I'm 22 and screw you for breaking up with me kind of like it hits that vibe really nicely. And it still works at 32, but it 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 appeals to 
oh, I don't need you. I've got plenty of time kind of attitude. Uh, and um, and it's just a it's a great song. I love like subtle things like I remember when we broke up the first time. Like just that, that little thing was like, again, economy of words that that says so much about this. And even in the kind of snarky, like her attitude in this whole song is very snarky. Uh, and it's it's really really good, and that tells the even the breakdown in between, uh, where you just hear her speaking, which is clearly like like they said like oh yeah that was just like live audio in the set no it wasn't but it's still great uh, that like her explaining how they're just never getting back together again like it's yeah, I like love this song. ever like yeah. ever. <laughs> And it, it too, like that as the songwriter in me who's starting to work on some new stuff too, like Whoa. that's one of those songs. Yeah, yeah, breaking news. Uh, when I first heard it, like even before I knew Taylor Swift and kind of was on the, the edge of like not liking her at all, when I heard that song the first time, I was like, shoot, I wish I'd written that. Like it's so mm. deceptively simple and yet complex. In a, like you can't write that song. Like it feels like you should just be able to do it. And there's there's more to it than that. So she also really nailed it, it, on red the sing along chorus. Yeah, like that. Like this is one that like when it's played in a room filled with people, which I've played it in a room filled with people, you cannot help but sing along. Like it is just yeah, you built are singing. for sing along. Yeah, and and I mean even on the record, like she's singing along with ten other Taylors. Like it's the multi track of it. It uh, and like she sings in a voice that's very sing-along like without vibrato and stuff like at that point like it it's very it's a it's a it's really well produced really well written it knows exactly what it's doing it's like expert level pop music super good absolutely so my number two as i said comes from lover this is the one um I, I, I said earlier i tried to lean away from the very clear like hits and singles and things like this uh, and I'm I'm going with this one particularly because I think I would say this is maybe her best pop song. Like it's it's just a straight up like everything everything is perfect. You took song. my number one. How dare you? Oh, nice, 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 nice. Uh, and so and it is um, it's everything that like when she is a great uh, songwriter, she is a great like folk sing so- folk song songwriter, great country song songwriter, great like depth of narrative and things like this but this like really she's flexing her muscles in like a pure i'm gonna write just the best pop song and it's cruel summer and it is it is such uh like and jack antonoff production oh is yeah is like on display in this one and i think uh uh christina and i were talking about how like the uh roll the dice kind of like the yeah, her, oh, yeah. her going up and stuff like devils roll pure. the dice angels roll yeah. the dice <laughs> that's pure and I love and the bridge in this is so perfect and it really becomes kind of the heart of the song like that that when you remember it you kind of remember for the bridge which is which is and you it it, to the point that I didn't realize until I was listening back that this isn't the chorus of the song like Cruel Summer is the chorus of the song but the so the bridge is I'm drunk in the back of the car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar Uh said I'm fine but it wasn't true I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you uh, like that is, that is great. And then the then it keeps on going. And I snuck through the garden gate every night that summer just to steal my fate. What? And I screamed for whatever it's worth. I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? Like that, uh, that is so great. 
yeah, and it's and it, it it nails everything that we. So lyrically, there's some real like quality stuff going on in the lyrics, but it's such a pop song that you could just miss kind of the depth of it. And it's got uh, like we were talking about with uh, uh, with with Jay's pick that uh, we're never getting back together. Like it's so sing alongable, uh, and that shouting that ain't that the worst thing you ever heard. Like is is just so great, and I, that that's such a great line. She even said that that's one of her favorite lines. Is that I love you? Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? And like, uh, I I love this song. It and and it was because I for whatever reason I didn't listen to Lover as much, and so this song, even though I had heard this song before, this song wasn't as overplayed to me as uh, We Were Never Getting Back Together or. Um, uh, um, even like blank space and stuff like like all the stuff from 1989. So this this one came at me kind of fresh when I like I, I was familiar with it but hadn't spent as much time with it. So I could listen to it kind of with new ears when I came to this album. So uh, two years ago, I think on this podcast, you did an episode on uh, about uh, the theology of a mixtape, and yeah. I think that was with Rachel Jones, uh, or maybe she just talked about uh, sent her mixtapes in afterwards. But I sent you the I made a you know roughing the pastor mixtape with Cool mm-hmm, Summer mm-hmm. on it. And mm-hmm. we hung out after you listened to it. And I was like, you know, he's like, listen, you're like, oh, I listened to your your playlist or whatever. Uh, the first half, I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's really good. He's like, I mean, the Taylor Swift song, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and it was Cruel Summer. I'm like, that's the best pop song I've ever heard. Like, I don't know what you're it talking really is, about. Yeah, I, I need to repent for my past sins. Like, the, it was because I was so dismissive, so dismissive of it. Deeply frustrating that you stole it from me in this uh, thing now. Uh, this is definitely my number one. I think this is her best song. Uh, uh, the best. It's like literally one of the best pop songs. Of the ten, past ten to fifteen years. It's perfect. Um, I love. I love Jack Antonoff production. I will uh, change. I guess to a different, uh, some sort of other song there. But "Cruel Summer." It's such a banger and goes back to my. An, uh, uh, really, the worst thing about Taylor Swift is her picking singles. And I, I still am just flabbergasted that sh- the singles she picked for Lover were like uh, that Panic at the Dis- Me with oh, Panic yeah. Disco and uh, Archer and Lover, which is good. Um, and there was another one. Down. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I mean, you need to down. Fun music video, uh, decent songs, but like, I just like Cruel Summer, like that's magic. You, you had magic and you buried the lead and i don't know what's going on there but this song is <laughs> is is perfect i absolutely yeah. adore cruel summer yeah it's definitely it was one of my top played of last year two years ago i forget it's mm-hmm. oh, it's so good all right well in order to save uh <laughs> <laughs> now i have both my my one and two uh i think are going well my two i think might be taken here by jay soon i'm not entirely sure uh, and my one just got taken. So let's pivot here. And for the sake of play, you know, it's like, do you want to go deep cut, sad song? I don't think I have, a, I haven't had an Evermore song in here. I could go that direction. I haven't had a red song on here. Uh, and I haven't had a fearless song. Um, or I could just talk no about one's had it. We, we've songs. not had any fearless songs. That's yeah. Christi- do you either of you have, uh, I do not. Okay. I do not have a fear. I'm going to use this space to talk about uh, how perfect I'm going to go You Belong With Me uh, as like, it could be You Belong With Me or Love Story. Yeah. Yeah. Which are both perfect and really was like, oh, she will be here to stay. Um, But You Belong With Me uh, really 
uh, struck a chord with me as like a 16 year old uh, boy filled with emotions being like, oh, like girl that I love. Like uh, I'm, you know, obviously the lyrics are, uh, you know, uh, gendered uh, talking, you know, her being jealous of the cheer captain while um, she's in the bleachers, which, but like the universality of that emotion and those lyrics paint such a good picture and you can still, but the emotions can still be captured uh, by anyone um, of any age or uh, whoever they are. So uh, we should talk about like how good You Belong With Me really is. Uh, it's stuck 12 years, you know, 15 years later, however long it's been like, oh, this song is still perfect. Like, yes, she did it. Yeah, that is a dancing around your room like to as an adult to that song like i as a uh, a fully adult woman will blast that song dance around sing into a hairbrush like and the, that's she's so good at that but it's you know like it's it's so full of joy and excitement and um and longing but i think that's yeah it's her songs are so incredibly accessible and relatable to every person no matter how old you are yes that was definitely one that I was still in the full swing of my I don't like Taylor Swift uh, because she's country, but it was also one of those songs that, much like Dixie Chick songs, where I was like, oh, I like this country song. Like, I was really conflicted that secretly I couldn't deny that this was an amazing song, but I was so... Again, the theme of this episode is that Tyler's a jerk who was very close-minded and, and getting slowly more open-minded to some stuff that it's, like, fine to like. We all good stuff. We, we all struggle. Like good stuff. We should like good stuff. Yeah. Do you? Uh, speaking of good stuff, have you had? Have you gotten into the chicks since uh, you're being anti the Dixie chicks? I was always into the Dixie chicks. Okay. I just didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah, because they're good. <laughs> they're they're really they're really good. Traveling Soldiers one of the best story songs. It always like makes my heart hurt. I think their version of Landslide is better than the Fleetwood Mac version of Landslide. Like they're a solid band, and they so- were. To me, the best example of country music, uh, of contemporary country music at the time. I love country music from like the 1980s and before, but like, uh, or like early, like Johnny Cash and and Willie Nelson stuff like that. Like what I would say is like proper country music. Once it became Nashville produced stuff, I was not as interested in that. Um, and Taylor Swift really are... felt like that, but and the Dixie Chicks also kind of felt like that. But they were they were outliers in an in industry that seemed. Uh, I think that my biggest problem with country music was that the songwriting is really stupid and very formulaic and sounds like it's written by a machine, like a Mad Libs kind of thing. And Dixie Chicks and Taylor Swift were not that. And as we learned, you know, embrace what you like. If you like that uh, country music, yeah. yeah, we're happy for you. Um, exactly. It's good. Enjoy it. Okay. Uh, Christine's number two. Yeah. Yeah. My number two, I'm going to bring it down to another sad one. Um, this is from Evermore. Uh, it's called happiness and this, uh, I have like a handful of songs. I know there's more, but some I can like kind of go right to and remember that I cried listening to it for the very first time. And this was one, I mean, Evermore really hit us, uh, both, both albums that came out, you know, folklore, we're in the pandemic, Evermore deeper into the pandemic and deep into like, you know, it was in December the next yeah. wave was coming. I knew I was going to be alone on Christmas. It was just like, I we were all primed as a people for this album of sadness. And um, mm-hmm. when I heard this on Happiness, which is obviously an ironic title because it's a, about, uh, it's sad, but it is also about hope. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it and made me cry. Um, and it's about a breakup um, and 
What I love about Evermore and Folklore is even though these songs are either about other people or different experiences, I think it's also a beautiful way for her to reflect on maybe like older pain or something that used to affect her, but you could tell she's kind of stronger now. She's able to reflect back on certain emotions with a maturity and some space and time in between it. And um, so Happiness starts out and says, Honey, when I'm above the trees, I see this for what it is, but now I'm right down in it. All the years I've given is just shit we're dividing up. Uh, showed you all of my hiding spots. I was dancing when the music stopped and in disbelief, I can't face reinvention. I haven't met the new me yet. And I love that last line and that's kind of a repetitive theme and the, that line kind of changes. Um, but I love, there's kind of this continuing metaphor about being above the trees or in the forest or whatever. And like when you're looking back on a breakup after you've had years to kind of get over it and recover, like you could kind of look back on it and she's like, I'm excited to be able to like be in that place, but right now I'm still in it. And then the, the chorus says, there will be happiness after you, but there was happiness because of you. Both of these things can be true. There is happiness. And I think mm -hmm. that's so important because when you do have a breakup, you sometimes you want to just wish it never happened and like wish that that person was just deleted from your life forever. But she's able to look at this and be like, yeah, like, there was happiness during that time and there isn't now, but there will be after you too. Cause I think it's so easy to be sad and think like, Oh, I will never be happy again. Like there's a dementor in the room and I'm going to be sad mm -hmm. forever. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, Oh, it's so beautiful. The whole thing. And there's so much hope and it just ends with hope of like, yeah, that was great. I'm sad now, but I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to meet this new me soon eventually. And Oh yeah, it just, it kills me every time. I love it so much. Yeah, that's a great one. Jackie's number one. Uh, and I don't know. I, I listened to it, and I, I don't know if I'd put it at my number one, so maybe there's controversy here, but it's Ooh. the song All Too Well, <laughs> specifically the 10-minute version. Ooh. Uh, Controversial. Yeah, yeah, which is about Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. She hits you with the lyrics like, this is Jackie speaking, hits you with the lyrics like, you kept me like a secret but I kept you like an oath. Uh, that's, a, that's a good line. I forget you long <laughs> enough to forget why I needed to. Uh, I think I might have come around to this song a little bit better if I hadn't started with the 10-minute version. Mm. Uh, it, it feels like I was, I was getting extra of something I didn't understand yet. Uh, so maybe I come around to it a little bit more uh, on the original. But So th this is, I think, the Taylor Swift song. Uh, like I like it's not certainly her, now. Yeah. Well, I think I mean I think it was before even the ten minute version came out. But oh. even I mean this is the I feel like this is the real heads know uh, for a while. Uh, Christ, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Christine, that's correct true. me if I'm wrong uh, or misguided, but I really this is like the biggest her biggest emotional uh, breakup heartbreak uh, love song. It um, wrecked all of us and. And if, if the real heads know, it's the fifth track, and she's known yes. for making a really emotional song, the fifth track. And so she's kind of, yeah, known for these fifth tracks, and this one being particularly um, gutting. And especially, like I said, I this song came out when I was her age, and even looking back on it almost 10 years later, it still hits, and it still has these very emotional moments. And yeah, when you know the backstory, it's like, okay, they only dated for a few months. But I think what's important to remember, too, is like, 
when we were 20, of course, this three-month relationship where she met his family and like things like that happened. And when you and, expected something, you're good. And he was Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, Jake like, uh, like yeah. dating a famous, incredibly good-looking, uh, very successful and very charismatic person who is 10 years, nine years older than you, like. Of course, those three months will feel much more intense than yeah, uh, anything else. absolutely, and yeah. So I think um, uh, yeah, it's it, these are lyrics that still can stick with anyone. And yeah, when you meet someone's family and you, I uh, there's a line I don't have it in front of me, but it's like you you talk about your past thinking the future was me, and I think that's so powerful to, when you're learning about someone's past or how they grew up, and then you kind of are thinking about it in the context of like, oh well, maybe. There will be a future with us um, and all of that. So I, I just, yeah, it's a great song. I didn't put it in mine because I knew it was just sort of, we've talked about it enough, but it's it's so good. Well, I love the, the, the lines. I need to say it before I forget it, but the there's so many great lines. In the, this is a good one. Story song that also has the killer lines in it. Um, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the sake of being for the sake of being honest like oh that's like surgical that one <laughs> yeah and it's both it's both surgical in terms of like you hurt me but also i like you're evil kind of like um and that i, I think from my perspective this was one of the songs that really tripped me up in that like when i listened to red the first time i didn't know that it was about jake gyllenhaal and i was like that's a song like this song is like and i was so relating to it and then i heard the story behind it and then it kind of like it it made it not as important for me at first because i was like well that's now it's just about and especially hearing the 10 minute version i was like oh well this is so specific about that thing i don't have access to it and then i kind of got past it and and recognizing I, I i was reading somewhere that someone was in defense of it of saying like the fact that like it's not just ripping up Jake Gyllenhaal it is it's honoring that relationship as being important enough to write this song about like you don't write a song this epic about a relationship that didn't matter about some and she doesn't accuse him of being a terrible person she no. just accuses him of being kind of like callous and, and especially in the breakup like being uh, too cold and, and 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 being hurt by the breakup because it meant a lot to her and and he didn't have it mean the same to him and uh i I think that once i was able to get past that point where it wasn't just this revenge song um uh, that it it actually speaks to something a little more beautiful and that that kind of honors that relationship as being something uh, it's a deep tragedy and we don't have tragedies with with mistake relationships we have tragedies with relationships well and which would have lasted to connect that to a podcast that has not been released yet but we may or may not have recorded before this tyler i mean uh like just be like uh just because something causes you pain in the end does not mean all of the emotions that you went through during it are not valid and worth it and uh that's what this song about and i think the uh, what's also cool about the 10 minute version being released now to go back to that age difference like uh the the rawness of releasing the song in that moment 10 years ago uh gives it a certain meaning and then going back 10 years later adding sort of those extra verses that you had had written or uh, had mostly written back then um extending it and the memory of a relationship like that also has a very specific meaning whether and i mean i i mean i take it's just and just like movies like i take things that even if it's a 
autobiographical or personal thing. Like I'm always applying uh, that to my life or to other people's lives around me. And so um, I think it's an amazing concept to uh, both in a moment be like, that was heartbreaking. uh, And like, I felt a lot and that's okay. And then coming back 10 years later, be like, I've grown so much. I've gone through so many other different types of relationships and different types of feelings and heartbreak. And that one was still valid and, and hurting, but like, it's also okay. I think that's uh, like if you are on the outside of the Taylor Swift universe and you see the 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 uh, table of X's and the the whole bunch of breakup songs like there is a temptation to think that this is a carefully calculated money making. I'll just make make a whole bunch of breakup songs because that's what I'm good at. And like songs like this, if you pour into the lyrics, there's honesty there that maybe some of the big best songwriters haven't tapped into yet. Uh, this is not just I'm making a breakup song because this album needs a fifth song on it, right? Like this is legitimate wounding being expressed. Kind of like you were saying with musicals, right? Like this, there's too much mm-hmm. feeling here to write it in an email or a text message, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. just needs to be sung. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's, that's good. All right. My, my number one, <clears throat> I think I said before, uh, it was, it was almost every, it would have been everything has changed. I love that song. Uh, but we've talked about that. My other one, uh, kind of probably, uh, it's also off of Red. This is my, my. Uh, I could have made an entire list out of Red. And I can't believe I made it this whole way without having one out of Red. Uh, red uh, has changed my life. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, this is a song. I think that this may be her best bridge. And it's a really short bridge. Um, uh, but it's my favorite bridge. And I wish the whole song was the bridge. Like it, it, And the bridge is like five seconds long. But... Uh, this is a late album track. It's probably forgettable for a lot of people because there's so many other great ones on it. But it's the song Come Back, Be Here. I love this song. I love it so much. And and the bridge for it. So uh, this is all about like the beginning of a romance. It's probably about Jake Gyllenhaal. But it's like it's about uh, the kind of um, it's very similar to everything has changed in that. Like it's like I was caught off guard by how like I was telling my like it's basically at the beginning saying like telling myself not to fall in love with you. Um, and as soon as you left, I started to realize like, oh no, I have fallen in love with you. And now we are apart from each other and having to deal with this notion of in spite of yourself, this relationship, uh, building, uh, at a distance and how, knowing how hard that is and just longing for that person, uh, and kind of fighting against yourself, like really saying like, I wish, I wish that this wasn't the case, but now I just want you back here. And again, I know that there are probably a dozen songs on this album that are better than this song. Uh, and she she has another song in this album that's pretty much the exact same song uh, in terms of content, but but does it in a different way. I like that she will include variations on the same song uh, on her album, uh, that she doesn't just leave them off because they're all good songs. And it's again, there are probably four or five songs about the Jake Gyllenhaal relationship on this, so- on this record, uh, but they all kind of speak to different emotions in different parts of the relationship and whether or not this is about Jake Gyllenhaal or not it, it is something that uh, uh, I I loved it and, and I love it every time I hear it um, and the bridge is this is falling in love in the cruelest way this is falling for you when we are worlds away and it's just such a like lyrically it's great but musically it just hits in this like like it is the rest of the song is is good the bridge is great and like that every time i hear it like i just i have to rewind it a couple times and just listen to the bridge over again because it, it's so 
the, again, economy of words and her phrasing and like her being able to speak to an emotion that is so palpable and so, uh, so real. Uh, and that's like falling in love in the coolest way is such a, a beautiful line. And falling for you uh, when we're worlds away is, and that longing for someone. It, it's, I, I love this song. And, and this is the one that I was talking about that if you listen to the first recording of it, it's a country song. She sings it like it's a country song uh, in her in the way she sings it. The song itself is not country. Uh, and she even says she sings here in a very country twang in the first one. Uh, come back be here and uh, leans into it. And she's from Pennsylvania. Uh, so uh, she, she doesn't have a natural twang in her voice, but she sings with the with the Nashville production value. But in the new version, uh, she does not have that and that's kind of the subtle difference and, and her voice is stronger and she doesn't lean into that twang and it, it slightly shifts what the song is and I think it's a far better song when you don't have to lean into the trope of well this is I'm a country artist so I have to sing it this way and I, I just love it so that's my that's my number one song come back be here what a fun uh, deep cut <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. I mean, I could go a lot of directions here. I mean, two red songs uh, for number one picks so far. I don't think I will continue the trend, though. Of course, I could. There's like a bunch of great songs in there. Uh, I could go uh, in the emotional realm. Uh, I think uh, I still have an Evermore song. I think I'm going to hold back on that, too, though. Tolerate it. Uh, absolutely crushes me. Uh, Just master, gutting. Masterwork of a song. Um, but I... We're, we've got a lot of emotions here. I love emotions, uh, but I also love uh, big, booming pop songs. And instead of Cruel Summer uh, for my number one, I'm going to go with Baby Cruel Summer, uh, which is from 1989, and it is Out of the Woods, which mm. is... Uh, <laughs> a top. I really... This is what I feel like the Jack Antonoff origin story uh, in my mind as a producer. I mean, obviously, he did uh, fun and all kinds of bleachers and all kinds of other projects, but... Uh, as the producer of uh, beautiful pop music out of the woods uh, and is a master class in that. It is uh, like perfect booming drums production going back. Uh, just the repeating of out of the woods. I think this song's about a relationship with Harry Styles, which uh, I wish. Uh, and <laughs> don't we all? Uh, don't we all? Don't we all? Holy smokes. What a uh, treasure. When's the Harry Styles podcast? I want to come back for that one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that one. The we'll theology that one of Harry Styles. So good. Yeah. <laughs> but Out of the Woods and is the, like, another perfect bridge um, that you just want to scream out. And uh, as Tyler described, uh, in a semi-embarrassing, completely endearing way, uh, the way I dance by, you know, uh, letting all of my feelings and all of my uh muscles just spaz uh and it's the rough yeah and out of the woods is a song i would do that too uh i love it um yeah yeah great great pick i I, that was i was maybe that was that was in my consideration for 1989 because yeah i was like i don't even have much to say it's just it's so good i know it's just so good i'm like i could like pick tolerate it and read you some deep lyrics or like i even love i know i love i know places from 1989 um but you know what? Like, if we're making a playlist here that people are going to listen to, listen to Out of the Woods because it's awesome. 
That's one I don't know about because I haven't listened to that record yet. Just, so. I'm so yeah, excited, excited for you. For Ugh. When her version comes out and I can hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, because Wildest Dreams is already out. Mm. So, you know, she's been working on 1989. Yeah. Mm. Wildest Dreams was almost on my list. The, the oh, bridge in Wildest Dreams. Yeah. The bridge in Wildest Dreams is one where the bridge, I forget the bridge isn't the chorus. Bridgerton. The bridge is, the, yeah. is, is so great. <laughs> okay. Right. Is it my turn? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's all we have. This left is it. You're the. You're okay. closing us out. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. Yeah. This was really hard. My uh, one of my other ones got taken. Uh, 1989 was really hard. I know I wanted to pick one from 1989. Impossible choice. Um, but this is sort of a deep cut. It's technically, I think, like New Romantics. It's a bonus track. Wonderland. I love Ooh. Wonderland. And the the Gaylor conspiracy theorists go wild on the song if you guys know about this or if any of your listeners know about mm-hmm. it I won't get too into explain it explain what that is what, it, what yeah. just the what that word means yeah Gaylor is a conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift is either gay or bisexual and I thought it was crazy until my lesbian friend explained it to me and I <laughs> I'm a changed person I mean whether or not it's true but like the the theories are airtight and like she she had charts she had graphs um do if you are not familiar with this do some googling do some YouTube rabbit holes and well, rabbit like, hole and Betty fits into that yeah oh Betty oh yeah. the, oh, the Gaylor course, I, mean, I wanted to say gosh. that but there wasn't time earlier the Gaylor conspiracy theorist just went absolutely buck wild with that song yeah. and um and it's uh <laughs> it's a it's a great time google it um so so wonderland is it, it's a beautiful love song or, or whatever you want to call it beautiful pop song uh it so the gaylor theory is it supports her relationship with um diana agron i think her name was um yeah and um she she loved um loves Alice in Wonderland and this whole song is kind of an Alice in Wonderland like reference and all of this stuff um but it yeah it's like it's a super fun pop song so yeah I 1989 was the first album that Jack Antonoff uh produced for her and has continued to and it really I mean 1989 was a big shift in her her style and her uh her genre but like i love jack antonoff i've loved him since he was in a band called steel train a while ago and i loved him in that and then he was in fun and in bleachers and he has such a cool sound and um mm-hmm. yeah similar to the the cruel summer like a uh, little thing that she does someone on a podcast coined a phrase that and it had a really cute name for it but it's that uh phenomenon where she does this leap um with her voice and this happens in wonderland too during the the pre-chorus it's like I'm not going to try and sing it, but it's like, yeah, and it's great. But anyway, yeah, this song is about kind of, yeah. That's on Good Christian Fun where they were talking about that? Yeah, yeah. That or Gilmore Guys, I forget, but it was it was a What did they call it? I don't remember. That's what I was going to say. I need to like, maybe you'll catch it. I listened to talked about it. Yeah, too. Yeah, and I he had a really funny phrase for it, but I don't remember what it is. So if it's on Good Christian Fun, you'll catch it. But um. So listen for it. Um, but anyway, yeah, this song is kind of about like falling in love and having it be the sort of like wild and crazy experience. You kind of feel out of control. You feel like you're kind of in another world, falling into Wonderland. And even though it maybe didn't work out, it was such a cool thing to kind of look back on. And um, too, um, too in love to think straight. Oh, so I mean, so good. Yeah, that's a lyric. Um, Oh yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
can be. Didn't they, didn't they tell us don't rush into things? Didn't you flash your green eyes at me? Didn't you call, call my fears with a Cheshire cat smile? Didn't it all seem new and exciting? I felt your arms twisting around me. It's all fun and games till somebody loses their mind. And, and I feel like, yeah, it captures that kind of like, maybe like flash in a pan relationship or relationship that's really wild and fun that kind of takes you away um, whether or not it was a good idea. So yeah, I think um, it's it's just really fun. I don't know what it was, but I I loved so many songs on 1989, but that one just kept repeating in my in my listen to it initially. So I'm gonna say that's my number one. Love it. Also can be a fun dig at uh, John Mayer, uh, of course, Wonderland or Bonnie's Wonderland. I the people are the people are not ready for the John Mayer discourse. I can't believe no. how intense no. the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff got. I'm like, we haven't even got to the guy who's worse and was older when yeah. she was younger. John Mayer yeah. was like a villain. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I, yeah. I can't believe like we like there are people who hate Jake Gyllenhaal. Now. I'm like, you, you are not ready yeah. for Dear John. Don't hate on. Really yeah, yeah, it's going don't. to be. It's yeah. going to be ridiculous. also. To, to kind of just go off of that, I am going to, I feel like there's a lot of things that uh, help me relate to Taylor Swift, but I dated a guy who also kind of sucked, who cheated on me named John. And oh, that wow. speak now came out like right when we were going through our breakup and I was like, Taylor, and he was older. I was like, Taylor Swift understands me as a person. So yeah, that's my flex. <laughs> I, I can't believe dear John didn't make it on the list. I mean, I know, yeah. That there was there's too many. It's it's impossible. I know. It's I know. Impossible. Any any other quick uh, uh, honorable mentions? I want to say twenty two. I can't believe it. like twenty two. I would have run in there if it wasn't. I was like very that. close. I love to twenty two over uh, yeah, whatever. But treacherous. That's a that's a good uh, treacherous is great. Yeah. Cornelia yeah. Street from from Lover. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. an amazing one. Like Marjorie. I really like Invisible String. I really like yep. Better Man. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's a deep country song, but it's just great. Uh, Lover's great, so it's great. I like delicate. Nothing new. Yeah, Ooh, nothing, nothing new with Phoebe new. Bridgers. Oh. I think yeah, he Phoebe. knows. I think that one's really fun from Lover because I'm told that whenever I like a guy, it's extremely obvious, and that's what that song's <laughs> about. And I heard that, and I was like, I feel attacked. Style is style, of course. Style yeah. so good. I like New Year's Day, the the closing oh, track on Reputation. It's so good. So mm-hmm. good. Um, Sparks Fly, I think that's a great one from really Speak one. Now, I think. Mine from Fearless. Teardrops on my guitar. Oh, uh, a classic. Our song. Those are those oh, yeah. that self-titled album. So very, very early classic hits. This might so, be yeah. controversial, but I really like me. I think me is super fun. Oh wow. Uh, I know, I know. It's okay. <laughs> you can you can you can hate, but I, I think I like the message actually, and I think that's a yeah. really it's it's kind of a silly song, but I really like the idea that it's like when you're dating someone or you're trying to date, like it's easy to get down on yourself and to feel insecure, but then you're just like, Yeah, no, I am unique and someone will love me someday <laughs> for for me. So I think I think it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to end on. <laughs> I think one thing why this is a good topic, not just because we like talking about Taylor Swift and she's she's a great artist. It's just fun. Is that the the point of like uh, it's important sometimes to to be honest with ourselves and to and to uh, part of being empathetic people is relating to other people's stories. And it's okay that Taylor Swift is not telling everybody's story, but she's telling her story. And what used to annoy me about her, I think, is an important thing that we should feel comfortable being able to not just say, we all understand this, right? And kind of just minimize our experience to something that's accessible to everybody, but to truly kind of 
be present with who we are and, and kind of expose ourselves sometimes um, can encourage us to, uh, when you see someone else do that, it can encourage you to do that and to find a safe way to do that. And Taylor has been exposed and, and shown that it's not always safe to do that. And she's been criticized for doing that, but she continues to do it and to do it exceptionally well. And, and part of, so not only is it, I think it's a helpful thing for us to be honest with who we are and to be able to share that publicly and to know that just because I've, I've shared my pain with you now doesn't mean that I'm living in it still. That I can share my pain with you and then I'm fine. If she's able to write a song about like All Too Well, something like that, that means that she has she has had a, a level of processing that hopefully that she's okay. Uh, yes. And that if we're, if we're being healthy, that we share our trauma publicly once we have been able to move past it. And sometimes sharing your trauma publicly helps other people to say, yes, I've also been through something that was really hard. And I, I, can, I appreciate that you have shared that because no one else, it seemed like everybody else was fine. But to, to feel that bad about something that was only three months long made me feel stupid. But the fact that you also felt that makes me feel really good. And, and I think that that's a helpful thing. And it's also, again, on a personal level, I think uh, it's okay to reevaluate the things that we've rejected for whatever dumb reasons and to get over ourselves and realize that there's, uh, we don't always have to be cool. <laughs> we don't always have to, whatever I, whatever label I put on Taylor Swift, I'm glad that I took it off because I was missing out on a lot of stuff. And and the people in this room were a big part of that. So thank you guys for doing that. I appreciate you, uh, Jimmy. For for a decade, you've been trying to get me to listen to Taylor Swift, and, and I appreciate that. You know, I'm glad uh, it took to 2022, but we made it. <laughs> we did it. We did. Listen, it's like uh, it's the story of the the prodigal son. You know, like you still uh, the father welcomed the son back, even though he abandoned the family. So yeah. mm-hmm. we're, we're yeah, open. I'm, I'm we're really, you a party. I'm really the older brother who's in the other room. Like, do we really yeah. need yeah, yeah. a Tyler of all people to celebrate his liking of Taylor? He, he gets a two hour podcast to talk about yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm yeah. the dad. I'm throwing the party. Oh, yeah. I'm getting you welcome excited. In with open arms. I'm still working through some stuff over here. My feelings <laughs> outside of the party. I'm not ready to go. So Twitter question this week. Uh, Twitter question this week. What did we miss? That's a classic on the uh, the top lists. And again, with a catalog mm-hmm. this big, I'm sure there are a few. So what did we uh, what did we leave out? Let us know. What and also to uh, uh, Jay and I in particular, as we're coming kind of we're we're newer to the larger catalog of of Taylor Swift. What specifically? should we be exposed yeah. to what what are some some tracks that would help us to understand the depth of taylor uh beyond what we've heard on the radio and what we've heard in these initial uh, that have been represented in our lists absolutely even more too like i think what is uh part of the whole point of this topic is being able to grow as a person to mm-hmm. open your eyes to different perspectives and to to know that uh not liking onions when you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have to like onions your whole life like try them again uh i uh i put a wall up between me and taylor swift and i let that down what other areas in our lives do we maybe have some walls up that we uh we revisited when we were (laughs) had matured a little bit and could see them for uh the value that they really have that's fine but i still don't like walls or onions like that or walls yeah you you envision hate walls it's true. Yeah. yeah, I just walk right through them. That's mm-hmm. like the Kool Aid Man, though. I don't phase through them. I just <laughs> break them. Christine, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I'm not doing anything currently. 
uh, I'll, I'll plug my candied pecans that I made last week, um, but that is not accessible. So I would say uh, go see the new West Side Story. It's super fun. Um, Ariana DeBose, who plays Anita, who is in the original Hamilton, is incredible. And I want her to be in every movie and every Broadway show forever. Um, yeah, it's, it's a romp. It's long, though, so bring, bring snacks. Yeah, go see movies in theaters if you are comfortable with that. Yeah, it's uh, super magical. There's a lot of good ones out there right now. Yeah, Yeah, it was, I loved, um, it was a really good crowd. It was like 7 p.m. on a Friday night in Pasadena. So it was like me and a bunch of like older ladies and families. And (laughs) at the end, um, like during the credits, everyone like clapped for like, you know, Stephen (laughs) Stephen Sondheim. And like, like it was very sweet and lovely. Like it was, yeah, everyone clapped at the end and then everyone clapped for their favorite people. Like it was, it was very pure. And I, that's, I love, that's why I love going to the movies. Jimmy, anything to plug as you go? Uh, right. you, you, do you like Jack Antonoff, everybody? Uh, do you like Taylor Swift? Uh, go listen to Lord. Uh, she's the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't listened to the new album. Is it good? Solar Power? It's not as good as uh, Melodrama, which is perfect, okay. and Pure Heroin, which is almost perfect. So Nice, nice, nice. But, yeah. This was great. Uh, this was very beautiful and also very weird at times, so that was fun. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> to be a part of it. Uh, worried that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I gotta go because I'm going to see Nightmare Alley and I want to make that show talk. Oh, nice. Well, I'm Jay. Yeah, and I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. I'm Christine. And this has been Robbing the Pastor. Oh, have a great week, everybody. Listen to some Taylor Swift. Hell yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. How about it? 259. On the button. <laughs>